Hello and welcome to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the mayor of Christmas Town and officially known as the mayor of PHNX. Of course, I am joined by my head elf and vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Derek, baseball is less than two months away, and no. that's what I got for Christmas. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not hopefully Jesse. it's hopefully less than hopefully two months, right? hopefully we have less than two months until pitchers and catchers report hopefully uh but we are getting a little skeptical about i was that i was just missing it today derek i was sitting i was sitting outside in the lovely arizona sunny you oh, know it was just here. it was a beautiful beautiful day absolutely and beautiful. and i just when i'm back in arizona during around this time of year when it's so nice out I just feel like it should be spring training. It just doesn't feel right in Arizona when the weather is nice and there isn't baseball happening and 15 different sites around the state. That's so very true. I was I was feeling it today and I tweeted out, am I the only one who misses baseball today? And I got a hilarious mix of responses. You really um, did. You many, got a mixed bag of responses. I really did. I really did. Many people were so on board and like, yes, every single day I miss baseball. And some people were like, no, the Diamondbacks suck. I don't <laughs> I don't want any part of baseball in my life again. So uh, I mean, yeah. people went as far as to say I used to like baseball. Until I started rooting for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, there are some some pretty dark comments in there. But no matter what side of the spectrum you find yourself on, we we appreciate you joining us here today. That is absolutely the truth. And just a reminder, of course, that this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX. And simply for betting $5 on any NFL team to win their game, or any NBA team to win their game, you will win $150 in free bets should they be victorious. Uh, It's a great way to recoup some of those funds from this holiday season. Uh, But yeah, Jesse, I absolutely was with you. I, we had a, we had a lovely dreary Christmas Eve day that I enjoyed very much. It uh, was, it was, lovely. you brought the that rain was... with you from yes. Seattle and I appreciate I take that. Full, I take full credit for that. It, you can, it's the you only explanation. <laughs> it, it rained all day. Like it rained from when I woke up in the morning until at night. And luckily uh, it, it only blew my uh, entire Christmas decoration display out in front uh, over three or four times. That's all I had to deal with it. But after okay. that, it was, it was nice, <laughs> non-windy rain, but had a beautiful uh, holiday season. Uh, spent Christmas Eve with the family. Man, I'll tell you, we we ate all the food, we drank all the drinks, and we had a really good time. I, it's I think it's rare sometimes to uh, have a flawless evening where you didn't really, uh, you know, aside from you know a few things like, come on, let me tell you this: when you go to family gatherings, I get it. There's always going to be a new person right? There's always going to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. There's always going to be a friend. There's always going to be somebody. Learn that person's name. All right. Mm. Learn that person's name uh, because it's important to them. It might not be important to you. I get it, but learn the person's name. Did someone I, not know your name? It's your, not me. No, Christmas. it was, okay. <laughs> it was, it was my, uh, my nephew's girlfriend is amazing. Uh, and again, it was just their first time here. I actually sure. met her at my my nephew's 21st birthday party and it was one of those times where you're just really proud of your nephew for uh 
choosing a girlfriend who is not only beautiful but absolutely a blast to hang out with and we had so much fun at, at, at his 21st birthday i was only there for a short amount of time i am the old uncle now so i just show up for the preliminary activities and then they go on to do young people stuff and i go sure. home and take ibuprofen uh, <laughs> but uh again it, she was lovely about it it's just it was just this frustration on my part that you know, all the people that met her there that night for the first time, which was several members of my family, um, couldn't be bothered to learn her name. So mm. there's nothing more welcoming to somebody that's new to this kind of situation, which is scary and terrible any any time. It's never it's never easy to go meet someone's entire family and be new at a family yeah. function, especially yeah. during the holidays. It feels so uh, like you, you're so intrusive, like you shouldn't be there. Learn the person's name. That's all I'm I saying. will. I will admit I am the king of meeting someone and having no idea what their name is. Yeah. Seconds well, later. There's something about that moment where I, you know, shake someone's hand or whatever for the first time where mentally I completely zone out and I just <laughs> don't. Anything that is said in that 20 second first interaction is completely forgotten less than 60 yeah. seconds later. And now, granted, if if she's like the only person that wasn't known by everyone already between all of you guys, you should probably figure out what her name is. That's so. True. That's yeah. True. And, and see, here's the thing. Uh, it's kind of like me with last names. Right. My last name is double L's that 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 make an E sound. OK, with an A. It's not Montilla. I thought no, it was Jesse, Montilla this whole no, time. Darn it. No. Well, at least that's better than Johnny Venerable on the Arizona Cardinals on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, who continuously calls me John uh, Derek Montoya, uh, which I never correct him, <laughs> and I just let him do it. Wait, is he dead? Is he dead serious? I'm pretty sure he just goes into a panic mode on how to pronounce my name right. Like he knows I, I other love times. Montoya. For the record, Montoya is uh, great. Montoya, it's a great name. I, I can't <laughs> hate on that, right? But uh, but you know, I've been getting that my whole life. I've been getting uh, you know Montilla. Obviously, I'm sure. fine with Montilla. I had nicknames. <laughs> based on my name being Montilla friends in high school called me the Thrilla in Montilla, all sorts of things. The vanilla gorilla Montilla. I got all of that stuff. It was, you know, it's endearing and I'm fine with it, but maybe it's why I don't care to pronounce other people's names correctly either, because mm. you know what? Nobody does mine. Why should I pronounce yours correctly? But Jesse, it's not time to scold people for not saying names correctly or even remember names at their family functions. It's Monday. It's a new week. It's a new day, and it is time to go to the mailbag. My mailbox, always something interesting in my mailbox. Try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then that got quiet quick. That didn't. That did good. That, that is very. Quiet. Was, that was that quiet was the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, was, it didn't have the normal. No. <laughs> no. It was always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go wow, wow. My mailbox. All right. Always mailbox time. Yep, it is mailbag Monday. We are going to take a look at a few questions that you guys sent us on Twitter. We appreciate the support we appreciate we got a lot of questions uh for we a very, did. In a very short good, amount of time we got some good ones we Dude, got these some are, really these good are really ones. interesting yeah. yeah and uh just a reminder we will be carrying over some of these ones that we didn't talk about today to next monday and of course we appreciate uh your your participation in the mailbag every week of course but our first question comes from our buddy gabriel uh, at bold as bronze uh, and he asks am i crazy 
no, of course you're not crazy. Gabriel, we understand everybody is, it comes from a different position, but let's go, let's go. Am I crazy to compare the 2022 D-backs to the 2019-2020 NBA bubble Suns? Hmm. As in, not good enough to make the playoffs, but good enough to excite the Valley and bring hope for the future. And I love this question because, of course, it's the holiday season. We are very close to 2022 being here. Uh, and I like the positivity here because I have remembered, I remember these times uh, when the Suns only won 19 games, which wasn't that long ago. No. I remember this time when the Suns excited the entire NBA and the Valley with their bubble run that somehow still ended, even though they went undefeated in them not making the playoffs. So I kind of agree with this. I think this is the direction that the D-backs are going, whether or not they are, whether or not they're there yet, you know, like the, the biggest thing about the Suns, I think were, was the, the acquisition of Chris Paul, you know? Um, and if the D-backs can prove to be that good to, add a Chris Paul and a Jay Crowder to this team, then, I mean, yeah, we could be seeing them be this exact kind of situation that the Suns are in, I think, by 2023, 2024 even, right? Uh, is it going to result in a run to the championship? Who knows, right? I, I yeah. think, I really think, though, that there there are some – there's always there's always some downtimes before good times. Not all teams can be the New England Patriots or, you know, in, in the case of baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, right, where they sure. have enough money and enough solid talent. Like, it's not just the money the Dodgers spend. It's the talent they have to be as good as they've been over the past 10 years. Their ability to turn guys like Justin Turner and Max Muncy into the stars that they've become while they were a part of the Dodgers organization – so it's, you know, there, there's a lot there to maintain that level of success, right? Um, and that's that's really where the Diamondbacks, like, would love to be, right? But that, that's that's a level that I don't know if they can ever obtain, right? Where they're, they're as good as a team like the Dodgers or, you know, like I was saying, the Patriots in football, for instance, right? So the, the Diamondbacks really do need to take to take those runs at at being good and it feels like now is that you know dark before the the dawn kind of situation for the D-backs. I mean the table is set in some ways, right? I mean the Suns were very very bad the year prior to the bubble and uh and the Diamondbacks uh were very very bad this last season uh, <laughs> historically so bad for both yes for, for yes both very very bad in in both cases and yeah I think this is uh this is a really interesting comparison um I I definitely won't say that uh you know I necessarily think the Diamondbacks will will definitely you know do what the what the bubble Suns did um, I think the bubble Suns just had a lot of things going for them. They had Devin Booker. They had DeAndre Ayton. They had Ricky Rubio in place. There were a lot of things that the bubble Suns had that I'm not sure the Diamondbacks necessarily have in place as of right now. Sure. But that, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, right now it's, I mean, we've talked about it, right? It's Cattell Marte, it's Zach Gallon, it's Carson Kelly. And there's some other guys like Josh Rojas and Paven Smith that you hope 
kind of find their way into that mix in the future. Right now, I don't know if they have, uh, you know, they, they don't have several players that you really can uh, can see the team building around on the same level as Devin Booker and DeAndre. And those are two pretty big pieces that the Suns had. And the Diamondbacks could, though. Uh, we've talked about Alec Thomas a whole bunch, uh, who we are excited to see play in 2022. And, you know, there's other names. There's a whole bunch of pitchers that we've talked about a number of times. And so that's why I see that this totally could happen. Uh, it totally could happen that 2022 is a season that we look back on as in much the same way as the Bubble Suns, a year where the team kind of turned the page. And it was kind of, I we I mean, I don't think they're going to contend in, in 2022, much like the, the Bubble Suns weren't quite ready for the playoffs just yet. But it could be a stepping stone into something bigger in the future. And if some of those guys like Alec Thomas and Ryan Nelson and, uh, you know, Drew Jameson, the list goes on of, uh, with the pitchers, there's a lot of potential for something like that to happen. I'll tell you the biggest quality that both of these teams could share now is the coaching and yeah. how the coaching impacts the team. Monty, Monty Williams, Williams made a big difference. He made a huge difference. And I think that guy is really why we saw the Suns make this turn. I think, yeah, you could talk about the talent. You're absolutely right. You know, but Devin Booker has been, you know, called one of the best players in the NBA for some time now, and they weren't winning even with him on the team prior to, you know, their, their current situation over the last, you know, three seasons. Right. So it's, it's been a nice turnaround, but a big part of it is coaching. And I feel the exact same way for the D backs. Now, you know, obviously we have said at times that you and I are both a big fan of Tori Lavolo, and we still feel like he deserves an opportunity to, to manage this team. But, you know, maybe, maybe the thing the D backs need is a change. And, I think after this season, I, I, I feel like we'll, we'll have know. a definitive answer yeah. one way or another. Yeah, right? we will know after this season for the sure. The coaching that has been put around this team is probably the best coaching staff in baseball, arguably, right? I mean, outside of people questioning Tori Lovello, I feel like the pieces that have brought been brought here make this the best coaching staff in baseball. Um, and that's just the talent that we have and and the experience that these guys bring and more than that's the track record they have of making the teams that they've been a part of successful now we got another question from sad dbacks that kind of relates to this um and at the diamondback support group which we 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 thank you for your work and we like being members <laughs> of your of your group um, I love asked, how their their ad is at sad D-backs. At sad D-backs. <laughs> uh, they asked, do you believe that the current coaching staff is built in a way to properly develop the upcoming talent? My biggest concern is that the coaching staff wasn't up to task of getting players to fulfill their potential. And I think you're absolutely right. And yes, I do think that. I do think that what I've seen from this coaching staff in their past leads me to believe that they will be the best possible, you know, advantage for these young players coming up uh to get the most out of them and more importantly uh, again we focus entirely too much on the young talent coming up from the minor league system i think these coaches are going to get the most out of the guys on the team right now right yeah that's a when, great point yeah when you have players when you have veterans saying that someone like Pavin smith knows the strike zone better than any player they've ever been around you know that's that's a big thing to say Right. And 
Yeah. Uh, you know, again, Paven Smith hasn't had the most success, but he has been a good player. He's been even he's even shown flashes of being great at times. But who knows what this coaching staff could get out of somebody like that who has that awareness of the strike zone, who has all the tools and the size and everything it takes to be a solid, uh, you know, baseball player. Not to mention the fact that, like, let's be honest, this this, you know, where certain guys play and figuring out what guys positions are has kind of been a nightmare for this team. I feel like (laughs) there's going to be a bit more organization. I think guys are going to fall into a certain, you know, more consistent uh, position playing time of that fight, will do wonders for right? a number of players. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, I agree though. I agree with the second part of his tweet and his question, which was that the, I don't feel the coaching staff that was there was getting the best out of these players. I felt like I could feel Tori's frustration because he, you know, he kind of allowed the, the, the coaches, the pitching coach, the, the bench coach, the, you know, the hitting coach, to kind of control that exclusively. And he, it didn't, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy to meddle there very much, but at the same time, I felt like he was questioning some of the things going on as much as we were. Yeah, this is a great, I mean, I think it's a great point. The coaching staff, we've talked about the coaching staff at length on the show. And yeah, I mean, when we talk about the fact that this coaching staff seems to have left quite a bit to be desired over the last few years. We're not really talking about Tori Lovello. We're more talking about the people around him. Um, You know, the hitting coach, the pitching coach on that front, the diamondbacks just haven't had much success as far as we can tell. And of course on the outside looking in, it's really hard to attribute, um, you know, blame or otherwise to any individual coach. You don't really know exactly what impact they're having. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited, Derek, to see what Brent Strom can do, to see what Jeff Bannister can do, to see what Joe Mather can do. Dave McKay has been a legend for years already. So you feel like in terms of your coaching staff, you're in about as good of a spot as you're ever going to be. And yep. at this point, if the product on the field doesn't match that, it probably says more about the players than it does about the coaches. Just a reminder again, our code over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app is PHNX. And if you are a first-time user, you go over there, use that code for betting $5 on any NBA team to win, you will win $100 in $100 in free bets if they're victorious. So you will get your money, whatever you bet. You're, you're going to win money from that, and you're going to get these $150 in free bets that you can sprinkle around and bet however you want. Um, and remember that all DraftKings Sports customers can also get in the Christmas spirit right now with a free holiday bet surprise. Everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in prizes. Just remember, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable in case you have any concerns. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And uh, just as an extra layer of protection, uh, I, I I use PayPal. So if you have any concerns, I've had a few people kind of bring up to me about, you know, using their bank account and such. Uh, there's there's other methods for you to pay that will allow you some extra layers of protection as well. So just in case that's a concern of yours. And remember, uh, our code again is PHNX this Christmas, this holiday season. Enjoy yourself, win yourself some money and recoup those funds. Uh, from all of those gifts, I know you guys gave better gifts to your family members than mine did to me. So go recoup <laughs> some of those funds before I start yelling about 
how how poorly I was treated with the gift giving this holiday season. But 21 and over only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. I'm not bitter at all, Jesse, about the gift giving. Not one. You got day. AirPod Pros, Derek. I mean, I come on, man. I know. That's, I know. that's, that's not cheap. I'm, I'm just... a brat. What can I say? All right. <laughs> I am a brat. And we'll just leave it. We'll chalk it up to that. And we'll move on. But uh got a question from Rick Hughes at DBL11S3. I feel like he was just, he's just, he, you made that at just to make me read that. Very difficult. <laughs> and I appreciate it. I I'm a fan of a big, good joke like that. But uh, Rick asks, when will fans finally look at the big picture regarding the club? And Rick, man, wow. I have to be on this one. Okay, Rick. Rick's, Rick's, <laughs> Rick's talking some truths today. Yes. When will fans finally look at the big picture regarding the club? I feel like I need to, I'm, I'm too calm for this. I'm going to, hold on. Let me get. Let me yeah, get right try it again. Try it this. again. Let me get it again. All right. When will fans finally look at the big picture regarding the club? Is it a club or media issue that fans haven't embraced the talent heading to D-backs over the overpriced, won't make a difference, free agent du jour? And I love that he called it the free agent du jour. Um, But yes, Rick, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe the job of the D-backs, maybe the job of minor league teams is to promote these young stars of the future. I feel like the Reno Aces were a Stan account for Alec Thomas this season. So I cannot say that the Reno Aces didn't do their part to try to make everyone realize that Alec Thomas is the next coming of Barry Bonds and Babe Ruth together as one in one individual, right? Um, But what I will say is that uh, I do think that there is a certain direction that this team is going. And I think marketing players to fans to get them excited about the future of this team is a smart move. You know, I, I understand where that that might be a lack of, of, you know, of that. I think people are impatient. I don't think people want to wait for two years to tell me that the next good player is going to be here. And yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with baseball is like, it, it would kind of be like an NBA team drafting a kid out of high school, but then he still is going to go to college. And you don't know if he's going to stay all four years or if he's just going to go till his sophomore year, or maybe he's going to be one of those freshman one-and-done kind of things, right? But it would be like the same situation where then the NBA team has to wait for him to go through those college years and develop into an NBA player before making it onto the actual NBA team, right? Uh, so it's, it, it is hard to get people, I think, excited when the direction of your team is to focus on the future, to focus on the farm system and wait for them to develop and, and to develop and come up. Right. Because, again, there's no there's no timetable on how long that's going to take. And yeah. in the cases of the really talented guys, they're going to take their time when it comes to developing them. They're not going to rush it for anything, especially rushing it to get them up to be on a bad team that lost 110 games. You know what I think it is, Derek? I think it's, in my mind, it's it's maybe not as much about the timeline and about it's more about do we actually have any guarantee that when Alec Thomas comes up, he's actually going to be good? Do That's we have a, a guarantee point. that when yeah. – 
you know, Ryan Nelson or Blake Walston or Slade Ciccone or whomever comes say it up. Right. Say the name right. Ciccone. Ciccone. Right. That's, that's, that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> and I think and I and I understand where people are coming from, because think back to the last few times the Diamondbacks fans have been told so and so is going to come up and they're going to be really good. How many times has it actually panned out that way? Yeah. Not yeah. that many, right? Yeah, man. I mean, and, and that's across baseball, too. That's not even a thing just for the yeah, Diamondbacks. Like, yeah. I mean, very few guys have been Fernando Tatis Jr. Very few guys, right. uh, you know, have, have had this kind of aura about them as they came up, and then they completely fulfilled that those expectations on being as good as they were prophesized to be. Right, right. And yeah. so I think fans look at this and maybe they do have some optimism for the future, but I just don't think it's really very solid for them until they really see it right before their eyes. Right. But to, but to Rick's point, to Rick's point, you know, again, what I don't understand why fans think that the instant cure is to go out and spend money on free agents, right. To spend right. a bunch right. of money on free agents to do what the Rangers did where you and I sit back I mean, objectively, right? We don't give a shit about the Texas Rangers. They're not in the National League. They're not in our division. We have no horse in the race when it comes no. to judging the Texas Rangers. And you and I still watch them spend a half a billion dollars and still go, I don't know. They're not that, that great. That. That's not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was more excited about what the Padres did to their team, right, when they spent a bunch of money than what yeah. – the than than what the Rangers did and the rain and the Padres spent you know nothing in comparison to how much money the Rangers spent you know it's just yeah. a lot of money being thrown around all at once and it means nothing it mean it does not translate over to win over to wins if so the, the World Series champions would be the Dodgers and they would have won it for the past ten seasons consecutively maybe peppered in there here and there with the Yankees stealing a few of them right yeah. If it was based, if you could spend money in baseball and fix the problem, that that's how easy it would be. That is why when it comes to this situation, I am so much more on, on the, on, you know, the question we were asked earlier uh, by, I believe it was Gabriel. Um, I'm so much more on that thought process because baseball to me seems like the kind of game at times don't get me wrong. There are generational talent. There are guys that are special. There are guys that are obviously better than everybody else, but it really still just comes back to coaching for me. Right. And so I feel like great coaching can make guys so much better than maybe their potential, maybe their ceiling even was possible. If, if yeah. you can be around great coaching, if you can be around other players that are, you know, believe in the, in the process and believe that you guys are all getting better together. You, you never know what that can do. You know, like it's funny because we think of some of these guys, like especially Jose Altuve and guys that like when you look at them, they, they shouldn't be as good as they are. Right. They they they're they're small in stature and they just uh, all the all the analytics say that their swing is bad or whatever the case may be. And yet these guys defy all of the, you know, quote unquote experts and are great baseball players, right? I feel like the way these guys got there, whether it was now, whether it was at a younger level, whether it was in minor leagues, they got there because of coaching, right? And it's kind of like Zach Gallen who talked about how one 
you know, suggestion from a coach completely changed his career, right? The, the side of the plate or the side of the, the mound he was, he was throwing from completely changed his approach and, and he found himself being successful. I just, I don't underestimate coaching. I think that spending a lot of money on free agents is, is an overrated thing. We've seen the Diamondbacks do that, yet we've seen clubs like the Tampa Bay Rays uh, not do that and find success, even though right. they haven't reached the pinnacle, you know, a lot more often, uh, more consecutively than the D-backs have, you know, more, definitely more often, more frequently. The the Tampa Bay Rays have had success with completely different rosters, with criticisms constantly about them getting rid of players that were, you know, all-stars and, and you know, top-level talent all because they refused to pay them the money that those guys are. are well, I, I know, I know they took a big hit for trading Jordan Luplo. I mean, that's a, that's oh, a don't star. Me, <laughs> hey, hey, when he, when he, when he starts hitting 350 here, Jesse, don't we'll say see, I didn't we'll tell see. you. On All the, right. on the free agent note, I do want to point out that I think there's two sides to this on, on one hand, the Diamondbacks biggest problem right now. I say this cautiously, but I feel pretty confident saying this. The Diamondbacks' biggest problem right now is probably that they're paying Madison Bumgarner a whole lot of money over the next three seasons. They're paying him $60 million over the next three seasons, and so far, he's hardly been a replacement-level player over two years. And by the way, that's more than half of their current uh, payroll. Right, right. So that's that's, – and Madison Bumgarner was a free agent that they signed – and a move that I think a lot of people were big fans of at the time. I mean, Madison Bumgarner is a big name in baseball. I and so probably be say careful. I was guilty of that, by the way. I was yeah, guilty of that. I was, yeah. you know, it's funny because uh, Jeff, my co-host at the time, was not really very much into the deal. And looking back, Jeff's take there was pretty smart. I was more with you where I was like, Oh my God, it's Madison Bumgarner, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this sounds this sounds pretty good. So be careful it what felt you wish Randy for. Johnson esque, you know what I mean? Like I was not quite on that level. I was well, a little scared, but it, it's it it felt to me like the same kind of thing where you know I remember again living through that period of time. I remember the criticisms about you know the Randy Johnson move. I remember them saying that Houston gave up too much to get him as a rental for that, you know, half a season or whatever. So like Randy Johnson was pretty freaking good though. When that move went down, I know Bumgarner in his last year in San Francisco was a number three starter ish. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's one side of this, right. Is be careful what you wish for diamondbacks fans, because Madison Bumgarner is probably the biggest problem on this team. Not to say that can't turn around. Right. I mean, I mean, Madison Bumgarner is a smart guy and I could totally see him turning things around this next year. But as of this moment, that deal doesn't doesn't look great. Um, But on the other side of things, I think there is some some valid concern about spending money in um, in free agency in general, just that um, the Diamondbacks don't spend very much money in free agency, Derek. And I think that is that is kind of a valid problem. Right. I mean, we, we would like to see at some point the Diamondbacks stretch the wallet a little bit more than they do. And for people who are concerned about that, like when this team is in a position where they should be spending money, which as we've said, we don't really think they're in that spot right now. 
But when that time comes, are they going to be willing to spend the money that it takes to push the team forward? And if if that's you right now wondering that, I think that's a really valid point, and I totally see where you're coming from. Let me just say this. The Arizona Diamondbacks, I think, are very they're much more realistic internally than they ever can be externally, right? So yeah, at times, as much as we want to say they're not spending money, maybe what their game plan is is to not spend money. Maybe their game plan is, you know, we can't really compete no matter how much money we spend at this, you know, throw at this problem. Yeah. So success the for point? them, it looks a lot more like the Tampa Bay Rays than it does the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right. Right. Exactly. I know that it's at the very least, the Dodgers got hit with a gigantic luxury tax bill and right. we will see what happens on the other side of this CBA, but let's hope that some of the changes they make for the purposes of, you know, for competitive balance, close this gap. Whether yeah. that the, whether that re, whether that is a floor that requires the Diamondbacks to spend that more, that would be fascinating. If that, right? I don't think that will happen, but if it does, that would be fascinating. I mean, or you know, some some way to stop some of these teams from spending so much the way the Dodgers have, maybe increasing the luxury tax or something of the sort. I don't know. I, I feel like owners are probably definitely on board with trying to cap all this spending, especially in, in a sport that isn't nearly as popular as it was, we talked about payrolls being down and that's no surprise with the current situation between financial, right. you know, just uncertainty and, you know, lack of support for certain teams, for certain small market teams, you know, uh, but it, it, it's something that I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm definitely on board with Rick's question, going back to the question, as far as, you know, kind of trying to be a little bit more patient and yeah. I don't really know what that is i don't know if it's the fact that maybe we as diamondbacks fans received instant gratification so we constantly think that it's that easy to get back up to the world series just spend your way through it trade for another kurt Schilling, and you know get another randy johnson and then let's do yeah. this thing right it's just not that easy you know and unfortunately the diamondbacks aren't in a position to mortgage against their future again in order to do that just so that they could bring another World Series here. I think they're, they've done that, and now they're just trying to run it as a successful business uh, that doesn't you know, bleed money out, out of the nose while, while trying to compete with teams that they can't really compete with at this point. I know it's a bleak outlook, and I'm sorry for it to go in that direction, <laughs> but I will say that I am definitely on board with keeping the focus on the future of this franchise yeah. and keeping the it on future the future is genuinely like as much as right. I said before, you know, there's some valid reasons to believe that Alec Thomas and all these young players we talk about are really going to pan out. If they do, Derek, this baseball team could be really good and not that long because now, a lot of these guys are coming pretty soon. So if you're looking for perspective, if true. you're looking for hope, it might not be long if if this goes according to plan, which is a big if, but the Diamondbacks have a really, really good farm system right now, and a lot of those pieces are getting pretty close to the majors. I'll also say this because, you know, since, since I ripped one Band-Aid off already, let's rip the other one off. There's a good chance <laughs> these guys will be here for like four seasons, and then they'll get paid way more money than the Diamondbacks can afford to pay them, and they'll wow. go off too. <laughs> I'm wow. just saying. 
it's <laughs> let's you know, see we, let's see what they turn out to be as players right we, yeah before we go yeah, there before but. we go there but you know you <laughs> you're getting keep... mad at me for talking about trading mark melanson and he's already know, on the roster i so. know all right i'll <laughs> calm down but you guys can keep up to date with us on all this stuff over at gophnx.com come over to gophnx become a member you can either become an annual member which will get you a free t-shirt over at the phnxlocker.com or sign up for the month-to-month option where you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. Do it for yourself. Uh, do it for the new year. You know, it's a, it's a new year. Maybe start right away, January 1st, boom, you're now a member of PHNX. And then every year, you are just you just keep coming back. You'll just stick around with us. So uh, go over to gophnx.com. You can become a member and you'll get members-only discounts over at the PHNX Locker as well as our members-only Discord where you can chat with us about baseball whenever baseball starts happening again, uh, hopefully sooner than later. But we had one more question for our Mailbag Monday, Jesse. Uh, and I think, which one? Which, we were going to go with the Brighton Bobbit question. Uh, our friend at BB underscore Nitro and Brighton asks, who do you think are the biggest candidates to mm. not be in a D-backs uniform system slash system by the end of 2022, either by trade, released, or otherwise? Um, that's a great question. It's kind of, a, again, we're, we've gone down a bleak path, but <laughs> let's just, you know, sometimes things are dreary. Let's just keep going down this path. There's a few names that come to mind for me. So David Peralta is a free agent after next season. So I think midway point through the year, He's definitely going to draw some trade interest uh, if the Diamondbacks are, you know, sellers, which, you know, maybe we expect them to be. But we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I think he's someone um, who I think could definitely draw interest, especially if he's able to, to bounce back a little bit from uh, from a, a season that wasn't really his best last year. Uh, the biggest name for me, Derek, is Merrill Kelly. I would honestly be quite surprised if Merrill Kelly was still a member of the Diamondbacks by the end of next year. Uh, this is his final year of, of his deal. The Diamondbacks picked up his team option. So Merrill Kelly's a really good, I mean, he's been very good. I've written about him at length over on gophnx.com. And I think he's the best free agent signing that Mike Hazen has made during his tenure. And, and there's always, always a market for pitching come the trade deadline. So I think the Diamondbacks are, are going to get some impressive offers for Merrill Kelly, and I think they they probably will take one. The last name that comes to mind for me, Derek, is Mark Melanson, who we've already talked about. And I know you're already you're already mad at me for this. You're but, a bad person. But it, it is a two-year deal. It is a two-year deal. So I, I don't think it's quite as likely um, because the Diamondbacks will have him for, for one more season after this next one. But those are the names that come to mind for me. The day after Jesus' birthday, you're just going to be giving Mark <laughs> Melanson. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Um, I'm going to give you one name instead of three, Jesse. Nick okay. Ahmed. Okay. Nick Ahmed. Possible. I don't, I don't know because I think, again, he uh, he's still owed a lot of money. He has two more years left. It's, right. it's this year and next year, and it's about $18 million between the two. I, I will put it this way. I think that instead of it being like a midseason thing to get rid of him before his contract is over, I think it's a matter of the D-backs having the future at shortstop oh, now. That's a good uh, point. Yeah, And I think that it's a matter of potentially, especially if he has starts having a good season, which again could piss people off because you're going to see the Diamondbacks find an opportunity to trade a player 
that might be doing well. But it, yeah. if, if he starts having a good season, it might be the the optimum time to trade him, right? You're if Geraldo Perdomo is the real deal, then you're you're absolutely right. You don't really need to short stops anymore. So, and not to mention the fact that the short stops in their system that are coming up in the future. I mean, they they're they're loaded with certain positions. I don't know if guys, if they're going to try to convert certain guys over to third base, it seems like there's still a, a big need for them at third base, not just, just not just now, but yeah, you know, they still need a third base. Future. They need it now. <laughs> and they need the playing future. Third, who's playing third base uh, on opening day. That's a uh, whole it's other not podcast. Eduardo Escobar. Unfortunately. No, it's not. But we, again, we thank you guys so much for your questions. We, we hope we did our best to answer them and keep them coming. Like I said, the ones that we didn't get to this week, we'll definitely try to address on the next Mailbag Monday. Maybe we won't have to solicit for questions next week. We'll see what happens. But uh, we thank you guys for checking out the show. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter. Uh, please keep an eye on our on our uh, Twitter account and send us uh, questions, send us messages, uh, whatever you guys want us to talk about. We are here for you. Uh, please, we implore you to listen to this podcast and subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, drop us a five star review, Jesse. Obviously, he's he's at his parents' house, man. He's he's staying with the family. He's wholesome. He's 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 wonderful. He's a five star man. Leave him a five star review. Uh, also, come over to our YouTube channel, subscribe there, sign up for notifications as well, so you don't miss any of our PHNX content coming out about the Suns, uh, Cardinals. I want to hear it about any of these other teams. Okay, we, we look we. Everybody's copying us now. Oh, everybody's bad. Oh, everybody's season is taking a pause. We started all of that. We were bad first. Tank season was here first. Don't you forget it. You guys keep being good. We need the Cardinals to be good. We need the Suns to be good. So please don't, don't, if you're going to copy someone, don't copy the D-backs. But we thank you again on behalf of Jesse and myself. We appreciate you guys so much for checking out the show. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you ask us questions about baseball.